Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. Doc is going to steal the memory, in fact, from Rex, and that includes how to shut off the power to the invisible laser and how to, uh, how to open the vault. The vault is open. I need, uh, Monday, I need you to get in there and open it with your sword. I think it should be sharp enough. And then we can get out of here while these guys are distracted before they even know we're gone. All right? All right. He's like, oh, sure, this sounds like fun. Being in the body of a rich, wealthy, well-built, handsome (laughs) fellow for once. That's... Kind of moving really awkwardly, and then after a second, it kind of like shakes it off, and he like looks back at you and waves. Hey, you know what, Grin? I need you to stop that. Just, just do what, just do what I told you. That's creepy. Oh, I'm, I'm doing exactly what you told me. Yeah, um, but don't wave at me. Don't make this weird. Oh, sorry for making it weird that I'm possessing the unconscious body. You know of, what? Of another. Sorry that I'm More- making it so weird for you. So as 
Kaiser's body walks in there with you, uh, Silent Monday. How do you react to this? Monday is going to withdraw his blade and detect what the fuck just appears on his chest. Grin is like, what are you doing in my vault room? Gotcha! All right, out of the way. And uh, he walks over and he sticks his thumb on there, looks in there, and uh, and then as he does that, it, it says, Voice verification required. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. Verification matched. So this is it, huh? Monday. Yep. All down to this. And I think with that, Monday's gonna walk up, reach over, and grab it. Well, are you going to open it? Or what? Honestly, more curious about the Icarus thing. Yes, I could take a peek and tell you what's inside. No. We do this together. We certainly retrieved it together. I didn't do much. You did great. No, thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of seeing what's inside... As the camera pulls back and we see Neon City, we find ourselves moving through the city quickly. It's starting to rain, and the light of the spires can be seen arching through the rain through the cities, almost creating a kind of magical rainbow effect. We find ourselves in a small cell underneath the ground, we would assume, and there is a a wild animal, a beast, a massive wolf with small tornadoes forming around it, kicking up dirt and debris in this cell and then dissipating over and over again. And as we continue moving through the city and seeing these images, there is an office fully destroyed and a man sitting in a desk with his hands over his face and it's Kaiser Rex and he sits up looking around more distraught than angry at this point. The whole office is wet. It looks just destroyed. Everything broken, colonnades toppled, uh, tapestries soaked and seemingly burned through somehow. Kaiser has bandages all over him, but especially over his shoulder, which is bleeding. And Becker walks over and they start talking. And you can tell Kaiser is frustrated and feels a great loss for what has happened. And as he's talking about it, there's this black sand that seemingly falling out of the ventilation shafts and and working its way out of the carpet. And nobody seems to be noticing this and it's creeping along the floor and making its way onto the rubble of his desk as he continues to talk with Becker and suddenly it starts to congeal and grow into a small bush, uh, a small rose bush. It grows larger 
they both notice immediately and they stare. They're very confused as like one by one, a branch will grow up with spikes and a small rose forms and it's almost eye level. And Kaiser reaches out to touch the rose and the moment that he touches the petal, there seems to be a reaction on a molecular level as, uh, as if someone has lit a match on a fuse and the whole thing explodes. The room is immediately filled with sound and light and debris and smoke. Alarms go off, water sprays, but we don't know what happened to Kaiser Rex. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dust World Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dust World RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted. But secretly he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here we got his right hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well then you in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. Hey guys, Paul Purnell here. We're starting off the second arc of Dust World Neon City. I got the players here. We got Frank. Hello. We got Miller or uh, Tanner. Yes, I am one Miller. one in the same. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and then always a, an honor to have Blaze. Do not believe his lies. I believe him. He's so trustworthy. <laughs> So we did finish an arc and close out a bunch of troubles and stuff. So we're going to go ahead and do the end of session questions. At the end of sessions, you can do these questions. We have, because we're playing uh, on purpose, a more elongated game. One of the sort of variations of using the rules is playing after sort of a big milestone. So we completed our like kind of main objective. And so that's sort of how we're closing off this as an arc. So the questions are, did we conclude the current trouble? So did we conclude the current trouble? Yeah, we got the we got what they asked for out of the location and uh, well, we kicked ass doing it. Yeah, so we you guys got Clarence out, right? You got his memory cube back. You got the Icarus uh, containment unit. And somehow I think that you went under the radar, which is crazy. So that's definitely a yes. Did we start some new trouble? Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have one of the most desired things in the for city. Sure. Well, for one, we have Icarus. That's that's probably not helping. That's its own thing. Yeah, you got We've Icarus. We pissed off a band of mercs who are also us, so it's fine. Corporate <laughs> mercs. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've pissed yep. off uh, the night shift. I think the real, the real trouble we caused was... Um, the economic vacuum, you know? <laughs> yeah. Probably. You, and you guys, uh, let's see, what are other things? So Wolf got captured 
and is now yeah. uh, in, you know, probably Peacekeeper custody. Pat- Patches Rolo got real freaked out by <laughs> Miller's crazy uh, <laughs> octopus. Yeah. You guys left some bodies. Most mostly one person left somebody. Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn it, Grin. When you saw uh, one set of footprints in the sand and a whole bunch of bodies in the wake, that was Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for milling about. What can I say? Just a wild and crazy guy. That's so a doctor. You guys started new trouble, I would say definitely. Did you guys Oops. save somebody from certain death or worse? Ooh. I mean, Monday technically saved Wolf. Because Wolf... Uh, Monday was supposed to kill Wolf in the ring there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, we we did save Tuck. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Yep. You rescued Tuck. I would put that in the saved. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say that's a yes. Uh, did you guys kill somebody who deserved it? <laughs> I think Miller. along the way that may have happened at some point. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that happened. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think you guys didn't really kill anybody except for the guards and clear. So I would Listen, say we only no. kill non-named characters and clear who might as well be a non-named character because his name is clear. Damn, that really hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you guys become legends? I would say not at this point. No, at this point, pretty low key you're a little bit things. under the radar, which yeah. is what you're trying to except do. Except for right? Miller, goddammit. Yeah. Did you learn something new Can't or important about the world? Oh, yeah. Yes. Quite a bit about the underworld, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 I think we did learn a lot about the world. Did we learn something new and important about one of the drifters? We learned about Grin. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely... We learned Clarence is a clone. Yeah. Maybe. Allegedly. There. Whether he's made in Taiwan and China still up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about all of you guys, right? Yep. We we learned that somebody from Miller's past has come to kill him. Okay, so if you get one or two yeses, mark one experience. If you get three or four, mark two experience. Okay, so what are our drives? Let's start with Clarence. Get someone to trust you? Kind of. I'd like to think I kind of got people's, the other two's trust by... I, I did get Tuck's trust by stop getting his name wrong, but I, that's a little weak. <laughs> and clear. That's a little weak. I'd say, I I'd say both. Oh, that's true. Uh, both of Clear and Tuck trust you. Monday's still clear a little trusts me. That's news to me. I appreciate that. But that's. Yeah. And I am trying to get Miller Monday's trust. I don't know. I, that's up to them if I've gotten it. That's kind of fun. Uh, how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like he's gained some trust with you guys be honest oh, you don't have to feed me points yeah no i i would say so because um i think that i think that clarence's first interaction with doc was kind of clear saying oh by the way this is the guy that killed me yeah so <laughs> i i think that they've perhaps moved not beyond it but that um Clarence and Doc are maybe uneasy allies. I wouldn't maybe say friends quite yet. Okay. But we'll see. Um, would you say that uh, that he has changed his standing with Doc at all? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you think he has like plus they're, one they're standing working, now? They've been working together, yeah. So Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and add that standing, uh, Blaze. So you now have a plus one with Doc. 
so I think that you have earned your your two XP for that. So Monday. So Frank, your drive is it do what's right even if it costs you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, he tried to save Stormwolf, dude. Yeah. Even though it might have cost him his wrestling career. He did try to find ways around yeah. that. He also helped get Clarence out, technically, with the whole collar thing. That's true. That's that true. wasn't really yeah. on the itinerary, so. Yeah, so. And, of course, trying to get Miller to a dock there. There's just a couple of other things that kind of take away from it, though. Yeah. Has Clarence's standing changed with Monday at all? Um, Monday's still trying to figure Clarence out. He's still kind of sore over the okay. whole forcing him to pick between Wolf and Miller there. And what about Miller? Uh, definitely gone up with Miller there. Okay, um, cool. So then Miller. Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> Paul, I was waiting for you to get to me because um, Miller so emphatically screwed up his drive. Yeah. Um, Miller's drive is keep your parasite hidden by any means necessary. Well, okay. You could argue that by killing clear, nobody saw. Yeah. But, I mean, um, but then you also had like the party and a couple of other non-player characters see it. So yeah. I think I, I would vote that I did not okay. in any way, shape or form to my <laughs> tribe. But it, it did make the plot more interesting. So it hey, did. There's something to be said for that. Yeah. Clarence, do you trust Miller or Monday more? Uh, Miller was trying to look after my body, and I do appreciate that. Okay, so that earned earned a little bit of brownie points, so he gets yes, a plus, this is how plus one. Clarence is still a little bit the character he used to be, where it's just like, I need protection. Yeah, so <laughs> um, with Monday, I think it's, it probably is a little bit zero, like where okay. Clarence would like Monday to like him more but he can tell he doesn't, so he's a little uneasy. Gotcha. Not yeah. resentful, but uneasy. I like it. Okay, so just a couple quick questions then. Otherwise, uh, these aren't really game-related. These are more experience-related. What did you guys think of, uh, of you know, the first arc of Neon City? Um, I know we've been playtesting the game. Um, this is actually, let's start with Clay, since this is his first time playing the game at all. It's true. Um, it's it doesn't feel as uh, weighed down as like sometimes the more fantasy apocalypse games are. It's more like uh, Monster of the Week, and I like that. I really liked the uh, end game aspect when we were playing as ourselves and how that kind of neatly wove into each other. I'm not sure how much that has to do with the system, but it was fun plotting and it was fun to do um nice. the system seems to be working pretty well it's pretty easy to understand instead of just like go dig for this list of crap you have but only one point in yeah <laughs> and also yeah. i think Cyblast occasionally works so we're already paying extreme dividends in that respect <laughs> sometimes Cyblast works yeah, well, I then. think Cyblast has worked uh, more times than it hasn't worked so far. So True, yeah. So, Miller, uh, Tanner, what yes. do you think? Like, how has it been? I know we've played a few different times, and you've played a few different uh, playbooks as well. What's your what's your outtake? 
I personally, I've really enjoyed um, kind of taking this plot, uh, you know, and getting to know these characters and kind of having them not just immediately form a party because that's what you're, you know, supposed to do in a typical role playing game. Everyone's like, oh, okay, well, we all meet in a tavern and I guess we're all a party now. Um, so I've kind of enjoyed getting to know these characters and letting them get to know each other. Um, and having done play tested in this setting, it's really nice to be able to kind of get a different take on that, you know, yeah. to be able to explore the world, uh, from a different way than when we play tested it. So yeah, I've, it's been really fun. Awesome. Also, I have enjoyed playing doc who's really trying his best, even though obviously everything goes horribly wrong with that most of the time. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess, uh, something else to think about, you know, audience wise, if you like the game, you can get, uh, the quick start guide on our website. And also in the final book, we will have a, um, like a whole section for neon city. Cause this, this whole setting is kind of near and dear to our heart as well. Uh, you know, the game isn't built specifically to be a, um, a cyberpunk game, but, you know, as you can see, if you want superheroes in a cyberpunk city, I think this game covers it pretty well. So, obviously, last but not least, uh, Frank playing Monday. What uh, what's been your take on it? So you've played, I think, out of all of the players, you've probably played the most playtest games, because um, you were in, I I believe, the very first playtest game. Yep, as the professor. Yeah, maybe he'll make a comeback. A uh, little. Little cameo sometimes. Stan Lee cameo in the library. I do want to. I do want to make one note that I really love about Miller's character. Is it really can be summed up with this tweet by Wrong Station? That's now you listen here, friend. I may be a werewolf, but I'm still a doctor. And while you've got me tied up in these silver chains, people are out there dying. <laughs> oh God! That, that is Miller's character. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, except both of Miller's hands would have fallen off, so he could get out of the chains, and then they would have crawled off as squid. That or grin would have disintegrated the locks. Uh, personal take so far is I've certainly appreciated the amount of input you've been taking in from us and spinning this wonderful tapestry and story, and giving us so many interesting situations to uh, deal with. Especially uh, when it comes to failures with the characters and the system behind how the failures work in our favor and against us at the same time. Awesome. Yeah, I love, uh, you know, the powered by the apocalypse idea of failing forward um, and that, you know, successes and failures should all lead to story progression in one way or another. Um, so I'm glad you're enjoying it. Obviously, like that's partially like a DMing style, but it's also, I think, you know, kind of a core tenant of, um, of being a keeper or, you know, uh, someone running a powered by the apocalypse game. And a lot of it's built into like the moves and the way we use the moves to be fans of the players. You know, we're fans of the characters and we're trying to put them in to really interesting situations, but we're not trying to like trap you or, or we're not trying to win the game. Having a great story at the end together is us winning. So it's much less. Uh, I think it's much that, less antagonistic that way. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely what's driven me to to really dive in and learn and love Powered by the Apocalypse games and why I made one. So awesome. Um, I will I also think- say, um, sorry, I know that my turn's well over, but um, <laughs> a thing that is this also a significant level up is that uh, we have an economy of antagonists, right? Like our last oh, fight no. had like three bad guys instead of having to go for like 40 bad guys. And I appreciate that because it allows more like feeling one-on-one instead of like, okay, got to get through this army. Uh, so, yeah. Well, just wait, the army's coming, but... Uh... Fair enough. <laughs> it's kind of like the inverse law of ninjas. Uh, like a whole army of yeah. ninjas you can easily clear through, but one ninja, yeah, oh the man, trope. like you better watch out. I believe that trope is called Conservation of Ninjutsu that he's talking about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like you come into the room and there's like one ninja and you like wait for a second looking around and you see some behind the corner and you're like, it's okay, guys, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe that's one the of lamp. dynamics. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, awesome. True enough. Well, thanks for your feedback and... Uh, you know, as the audience, you know, I hope you guys are loving it. Uh, and definitely, you know, you can join the Discord if you want to talk about the game and talk about the podcast. Uh, also, you know, on the website, uh, therpgempire.com, you can pick up the Quick Start Guide. Five bucks comes with everything you need to play. Uh, and, you know, you can be, we, we've got some people that are playing stories right alongside the podcast. Like they have their their own dust world verse game happening which i think is super super cool um so with that let's get on with the show helix heights it's late at night the rain is pelting on the windows the sound of hover cars flying back and forth deliveries drones off in the distance sirens can be heard small rumbles from explosions. Stuff is just happening all over the city. It's alive in so many ways. The camera comes in and through the vents, traveling this endless network. And slowly as it travels through, small objects catch our eye. Little tiny creatures living in the vents. Small squids, tiny little things moving back and forth as if almost like ants. They're carrying, relaying messages here and there. And we continue to move deeper and deeper in this labyrinth until finally we come out in a small and quaint apartment with a metal table as the central focus, two circular rooms joined by a third in the middle. And around the table sit several unlikely friends. We have Miller, the doctor, infected, distraught, targeted. We have Monday, the swordsman, under a code, has an oath, can't always break through. We have Clarence Wells, the amnesiac fighter, looking for himself, looking for the future. We have Tuck, a new friend, confused, strong, but something else and as they all sit around eating there's this tension as they keep side-eyeing this container it's small it's metallic it's about the size of a large watermelon it has technical readouts all over it 
something depicting almost like uh, life signs. It has temperature gauges. We're not sure what's in it, but it seems like it's what's on everybody's mind. What are you guys doing as you're finishing up? I'm going to say Monday's like constantly poking it with a broomstick and kind of backing away from it every time. Monday, cut that out. Just don't don't poke it unless you know what know what it is. Well, are you going to open it or am I going to open it? Monday's going to shrug. Doc looks at the Doc looks at the two of them. Um kind of stubs out his cigarette and He's going to open it. Uh, before he does, I think Tuck kind of darts in between him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, remember the the floaty pink energy guy inside of Clarence's head said anybody who looks in here that they're going to be gunning for him and like erase their whole life. And, you know, it seems like you guys have like, OK, life. I, I would think that you don't want it to be totally like evaporated. Just saying. Well, I mean, I've already had a lot of my memories erased. And I'm going to get them back sooner or later. And I glance at the concilium. But we just risked our lives for this. I don't know. I I think that comes with a finder's privilege. And I'm not too worried about this punishment, considering we just defeated um, the people who would be punishing us, unless I'm... Claire, are there other people? Oh, certainly that was not the people who would be punishing you. It'll be everyone the spires control, which is, you know, corporations, gangs, the police. So, everyone. Okay, Claire, but do you seriously not want to look inside this thing? Oh, I've already looked. I'm incorporeal, my friend. Uh, You asshole. Um... We're opening it, Doc Miller, whatever it is. Um, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Yes, Doctor. Do you go by Doc or Doctor? Doc is fine, as long as you know that it's short for Doctor. Uh, Yes, it it goes for uh, philosophy of medical doctor, PhD, or whatever. Um, Yeah, yeah. Open it up. Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on Okay, bye. As Doc reaches out and presses a few keys, his apt hands knowing which keys to press because somehow 
this device is covered in medical technology. Slowly a hiss and steam starts filling the room out of the top as the top and the sides fold open, almost blooming like a flower, revealing a glass container inside. And in this container, there's a face staring back at them. What? Uh, is it looking at us? Is it just a, like a, is it animate? It's asleep. Well, I'm sure as hell not going to wake it up. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm not waking it up. Whoa, what the fuck? I was not expecting that. I got to be honest. You don't want to wake it up. I don't, I don't know what I'm seeing here. Oh, interesting. Give me a better look, Miller. I don't think so, Grin. This is this is way weirder than weird. I think Monday's uh, going to hear Grin there and uh, grab Miller's hand there. To hold oh, him back no, to, or push to, him to, forward. To pull, push to him <laughs> so Grin's on it and show him directly. <laughs> awesome. Hey, let go of my damn hand. Uh... Grin's eyes and fate, like his eyes definitely like move directly to his hand as quick as he can. Miller, roll total recall. Miller got a, ooh, a 12. Very nice. Okay. Um, I feel like something's going to hurt me, so I'm going to do take no harm. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I get to hold three. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like pre preemptively, I need to say take no harm. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, obviously you can you can choose that as one of them. And then you have two more choices. Uh, learn one thing you're missing. Remember something useful for now and learn a few less useful things. I'm going to do learn one thing you're missing and... I'm going to do something useful for now. Okay. Yeah. So, Miller, as Grin lays eyes on this face, suddenly you feel this strange sensation. It's it's not something you've felt before because you start to feel like you're falling backwards, but you realize, like, your consciousness is falling. Like, the... The room is closing around you, and you it almost looks like you're you're looking through like binoculars and they're being moved away from your face. And a moment later, you find yourself sitting in a pub, which is weird because you're not even a hundred percent sure what a pub is. I don't think pubs really exist in neon city in, you know, the way that this pub is, uh, you hear kind of laughter and there's chandeliers that have candles and like oil lanterns. A uh, barmaid comes up to you and you look over to her. There's a few people sitting at a table in front of you and you hear a voice. It's a very familiar voice. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's a very good one, my friend. And you immediately recognize this isn't you. This isn't your memory. You're remembering something from Grin, which is really confusing because as far as you have ever known, Grin is just this parasitic creature. What does Miller think about this? Doc kind of panics for a moment. He's really confused, but he 
he eventually he he's just gonna let this play out. He he realizes that he's hearing Grin, and he wants he once he kind of comes to his senses, he realizes he wants to know more. Yeah. So across from the table, you see a face that looks strangely familiar. It's the same face from the glass cylinder. And Grin is talking to this man. The, the words and the language and what they're talking about, it's a little bit hard for you to like grasp it. It seems almost like you're listening from a distance. Um, but you do catch specifically that, uh, that he calls him Thomas. And, uh, and so as they're talking, there's a few people around the table and you see them pushing like paper back and forth and notes. And you look down and you see upon these notes, a particular notebook and it says professor Fairchild on it. Doc is a little bit confused. He's going to file that name away for later to ask Grin about it. His assumption is that maybe that's who, who Grin used to be, I suppose. Yeah. So he, but he's going to continue observing the memories kind of jump around a bit. And I think the thing that you pull away from the thing that's missing that you've learned is you kind of came away with two pieces of information. One is that Grin used to be human. And the other is that somehow he knows this man in front of you. Um, yeah. And so uh, what was the other question or choice that you wanted something useful for now right yeah i think as these memories are kind of like flying by you get the sense that there's memories here but you aren't really able to grasp many but one memory kind of comes by you and what you see is this woman's face uh she's really pale skinned um, beautiful kind of reddish blonde hair and she's sitting in a boat and you're across from her or Grin is and uh, she's wearing this really like nice white sort of gown um, and Grin is rowing and he's talking to her and you hear Julia I I've been so happy these these last nine months and I, and he like lets the oars fall to the side and he gets on one knee and he reaches in his pocket and you see her face start to blush. And she, she kind of has a, a solid poker face. She's just has the smallest grin, uh, smirk in the corner. And she sits back and he says, it would be. Do me the utmost honor, my darling, if you would be my wife. And he pulls out this ring and it has this uh, sparkling red stone in it. And she looks over at him and she says, Carmichael, of course I will marry you. It would be the grandest adventure I can imagine. And our work 
that we're doing together. I'm so excited about our life and our future. And... And you're just always got that stupid grin. I... I'm... I love you. And the memory stops abruptly as if someone turned off the TV and you find yourself in a black space and you hear a voice. What? What the hell? How, how did you get in here? Doc is taken aback by the humanity. I mean, not just the literal humanity, but that Grin was capable, even as a human, of loving someone and being loved by someone in return. So Doc is silent for a moment, um, and he says, Grin, was your name Carmichael? You see in front of you a sort of beautiful Victorian-era parlor start to like slowly form chairs, a fireplace, eight feet arch windows, and the room is full of books. It's just this immaculate library. And standing in front of you is a man, uh, tall, a bit thin, uh, wearing really nice clothing, um, you know, dressed sort of to the nines with a vest and a nice shirt. Uh, but he has no face and no features. But you hear Grin's voice coming from him, and he says, Oh, that that name is it's foggy. It's it's familiar. I um I don't Ah, oh, it's been so long. I I think I think that is my name. Who How did you Doc, Doc is struggling for words. It This completely changes who he thought Grin was. You know, Grin was a parasite and, and still is to his body, but he takes a moment and form, finally forms the question, um, how'd you get to be Grin? How'd you change what happened? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember an existence outside of this, um, the, jumping you, from body to body. It's, it's all I can remember. Miller looks into the eyeless face and he says, Grin, I mean... Carmichael, I need you to remember who you were. Yes, I think I would like that. And as he says that, you feel a strange sensation. It seems that Grin, Carmichael, has hope for the first time. And as that's happening, on the outside, everyone just sees Miller with his hand outstretched. And, you know, for a moment he was struggling and suddenly he's just 
silent as a statue. What is everyone else doing? Monday is going to wave his hand in front of him, like right in front of his eyes. And after pausing for a sec, he's going to also wave in front of Miller's hand with Grint's face. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, they seem frozen almost. And then Monday... You, you, might, you might even worry that it's an effect of like staring at this head like <laughs> I'm gonna say that Monday is gonna kind of realize this and is gonna kind of pick up Miller and move him away from the, the, the head yeah so uh, is anyone else doing anything well anyone else being Clarence but also Tuck Clarence is going to kind of lean over and say I'm going to try and create a connection with this Head. Oh, are, are you sure that's a good idea, boss? I mean, your friends are like catatonic over there. Well, I'm a telepath. He's not. Okay. I'm a little bit more naturally inclined towards these things. Sure. No offense to him. I'll get to him once I figure out if there's any danger here. Okay. That's just, uh, and uh, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Okay, well, since you're a psychic and you have mental network, which lets you read minds, you can roll read a tell uh, to try and ooh and okay. roll a five. Well, that's that's a lot of good uh, options Spicy. for me. Spicy. <laughs> As you reach your mind out to find out what's going on in this frozen head, um, I think you find yourself in this glacial space uh it's like you're inside of a glacier it's just massive ice walls on every side and you see your reflection being distorted as you walk through and as you walk through you know this glacier you see something um in the ice there's this sort of like silhouette and as you move closer to this silhouette uh it's it's starting to become more clear but it's hard to kind of really see what it is um and i think also you hear a voice and when you look next to you you see clear and he's like this is odd well i mean what do you expect it's it's a head in a freezer and as you continue to try and like pierce this mind and and look in here, uh, all you can see are these four glowing red eyes opening in this silhouette, and it sends this like overwhelming fear into your body, and you suddenly snap out of it like in your body, but fear like your heart is racing at a hundred miles an hour, and. You can hear clear, like freaking out, having a panic attack in your own head. What is what does that sound like for uh, Clarence? What, how does that manifest? What, what's happening, boss? Are you okay? I told you not to look in the frozen head. On second thought, let's not go to Camelot. It's a silly town. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's back up here. I think with that, Tuck 
like sets you into a chair and then presses the button that closes the Icarus uh, containment unit. Um, and we'll come over to Miller and uh, Silent Monday. Miller, you wake up uh, kind of in <laughs> Silent Monday's arms as he's carrying you away from this head. Miller's going to get a nice up close view of Monday without his visor. Um, Doc is going to kind of like open his eyes a little bit and then they get really wide. And he says, uh, Monday, you, uh, you missing something, buddy? Monday's going to blink and then kind of stare and then the text, are you okay? The big question mark pops up on his chest. Doc is gonna just say, all right. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I just, uh, kind of got a lot to unpack here. I, uh, had myself a little bit of a vision when I, uh, opened the box. What kind of vision? I learned a little something about Grin that maybe I wasn't supposed to see. He was human at one time. Hey, 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 hey. No need to spill the beans all over the floor, Miller. And, uh, I don't know. It was very strange. He kind of shuts up about it. As Miller and Monday are having this moment, we slowly look over and see Clarence shaking, holding himself, trying to keep himself warm, his lips blue, frost almost starting to form on his face. As we come closer and closer, he's muttering something to himself. It's not human. It's not human, those eyes. It's not human. It's not human. It's not human. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on. Hello, players. It's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on